Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. All right, it is time to once again check in with the Vancouver Sun's Vaughn Palmer with the view from Victoria. Good morning to you. And good morning, Jill. Congratulations on figuring out a way to stay cool. <laughs> yes. And the, the air conditioning is working in the studio again. I might not leave ever. Wow. Hey, well, that's all just all just to the good. I, I was struck that uh, during Dr. Bonnie Henry's briefing yesterday that uh, she paused to uh, play public health officer on how to beat the heat and deal with it. Uh, you know, to close your windows early in the day and curtains and all that. I, uh, yeah, she, it's like she doesn't have anything else to deal with, so she can dispense advice on how to deal with a heat wave, too. <laughs> well, there you go. She was there probably thinking, remember when this would have been the biggest story of the day? Yeah. yeah, people would be going, Dr. Bonnie, who? <laughs> Very true. We are uh, taking a look, though. We are going to phase three, or things are, what did she say? They are looking good yeah, for phase three. Yeah, she said they're looking good to, for phase three. So, you know, I've been the, the skeptic and the pessimist on this. I recall the premature victory laps after the first wave and during the second uh, and in advance of the third wave. So I try to be cautious about it, but... It was a persuasive briefing yesterday, and I think it told us what to expect pretty much today, that uh, it's going to be, we're going to do phase three. Uh, That's what the premier is going to be announcing today. It's interesting what she said you need to pay the most attention to, because we always used to pay, you know, the case count, hospitalizations, ICU, and... Uh, and deaths, of course, and and those obviously they're still keeping statistics on it. But the really big thing that she talked about yesterday was how effective immunization is turning out to be. So they've been doing a lot of additional testing and data collection. And well, first of all, you know, seventy-seven percent of us now have first doses, and thirty-one percent have second doses. Uh, I think we broke the record last week for the largest number of. Uh, vaccines delivered. Even with the heat wave on the weekend, they managed to hit 95% of their bookings, so they managed to do it. Um, A couple of things she said that, you know, the, the vaccines are working so well that even where we do have some problems with variants and where we do have cases cropping up, popping up, Um, Our test positive rates are dropping. Remember the old R number that we used to talk about last year? Reproduction rate. If you got COVID-19, how many people did you give it to? Uh, It's now well below one. Most people who get infected don't give it to anybody else. So you put all that together. Um, It's interesting. The the quote that really jumped out at me, she, she ran through all this data and she said, you know, this is how it fizzles out over time. doesn't end dramatically overnight. You still have to monitor cases and outbreaks and variants, but it's fading. It's becoming more like a communicable disease, less like a pandemic. 
not there yet, but the numbers are headed generally in the right direction. Uh, yeah, I like that phrase too, and I think she probably knew people were going to pick uh, pick that one out of what she said because it also goes back to if you remember months and months and months ago when she talked about, and you could kind of see it whenever she would answer, saying, "We're going to be in this for a while. This is not yeah. going anywhere anytime soon." And she, being that that's her area of expertise, obviously knew that we would hopefully get to this point. Oh, very much so. And again, you know, you you go to the specific answers. So she got, of course, asked about variants. We've seen major problems with variants of concern in other places, the, the Delta one that was originally identified in India. Um, she said, so what we've seen from the data elsewhere is that, yes, you need to monitor them carefully, but some of the things we've done here have enabled us to contain them so far. Uh, They acted quickly to deal with the outbreak of the gamma variant. That's the one that was originally identified in Brazil. When there was an outbreak in Whistler and contained it, uh, there's been one outbreak in long-term care of the Delta variant, acted quickly, contained it. Uh, Why is she confident fairly confident, not overconfident, that we could avoid what's happened in the UK. It comes down to vaccination rates among young people. The big problem in the UK is with the unvaccinated. So she turns that into a message. If you really want to have a good summer this year, if you want to resume normal life with the young people in your life come this summer and fall, get them vaccinated. We are lagging a bit now in vaccination rates, especially um, with young people. And so there's cause for action there that we have avoided problems with the more transmissible variants so far is attributable to the precautions we're taking and to the immunization rates. Right, because she did say that it, they are working. When you talked about that number, the 70% of transmissions are being prevented because of vaccine. Yeah. That's including the Delta variant and whatever variants might be out there. Yeah, and that's right, Jill. And, you know, again, I've been following this for a long time. There used to be a lot of complaints about testing rates and so forth in British Columbia. Testing rates are up now. Uh, They are doing uh, the kind of identification that you need to do to trace variants on every case now. So they're tracing them back to where they came from. Variants of concern account for 80% of our cases, but we're getting nothing like the number of cases we had even a couple of months ago. She gave the example of Surrey. Surrey's doing 70 cases a week, which is still a lot, but not so long ago it was 300 cases a week. So again, even in troubled communities, communities that had a lot of problems, were getting it under control. Uh, That's also, I was struck, Jill, that she flagged some communities in British Columbia with a lagging vaccination rate and talked about why there are problems there. She herself was in the north last week in the interior, She said there are communities which are relatively small. Um, It's not as easy to get vaccinated. She gave, I guess you could laugh unless it happened to you. She gave an example of somebody who from Fort St. James, Fort St. 
James Fort St. John. My God, I'll get trouble for that one. They're they are very different communities and far apart. Pretty sure it was Fort St. James. Uh, gets phones to get vaccinated, and a geographically challenged person at the other end of the phone, like me, <laughs> says, um, well, we can get you an appointment in Terrace. <laughs> Have you looked at a map? <laughs> well, I'm supposed to take a week off work and drive to Terrace? Well, it's not that long, but that is a problem. They're going to drive through clinics in the north, pop-up clinics. They're going, they're taking vaccinations to locations. But, yes, she's sympathetic. Windermere is another community. Um, that where they're working very, very hard, the health regions, to to essentially bring the vaccine to you because they realize that people are busy, they're working, uh, it's a lot of travel, they want to make it as convenient as possible. So that's what they're doing to contain these clusters um, in places like that. And she also mentioned uh, about travel, saying don't come here if uh, you're not vaccinated. Yeah, she got to ask the Alberta question, which I don't know how many times we've heard the Alberta question. And there's a couple of things always to say about it. There's an awful lot of back and forth between British Columbia and Alberta. A lot of British Columbians go back and forth. There are British Columbians who get their health care in Alberta. There are British Columbians who live in B.C. and work in Alberta. So there's a lot of back and forth. She said for recreational, we're saying... um, don't come unless you're double-dosed. Don't come unless you're vaccinated. Whether people will obey that, the other thing she said is, look, this, again, is a reason you want to get very high immunization rates. That ultimately is going to be the protection. We have a lot of people who, when they did this Um, blood testing that they do, uh, random checking to see if you have the antibodies. Um, We're now finding, they're finding, uh, antibodies in um, 50% of the people they're testing. Last year it was 5%. And what that tells you, she said, is that people have the antibodies. They they have a level of immunity um, that most people didn't have last year, especially, of course, before we got the vaccines. All right. Vaughn, we will leave it there. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye, John.